Got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. <laughs> Do you remember that song as a child? Maybe some of you never sang it. You got to start singing it, y'all. Hi, and welcome to the Sing Deep Podcast, where we see deep in a shallow world by exploring our surrounding culture through a biblical lens. Do you got joy today, friends? This month, we're exploring joy, and last week, we looked at defining joy. This week, we're going to talk about why joy is so elusive. You know, even in that song, where, where's the joy? The scripture for today's episode is taken from John 16, verse 22. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. I love that. No one will take your joy from you. Jesus was telling his disciples about sorrow that was coming their way. He knew that grief might be overwhelming and that they could fall away because of it. Let's read this verse in a bit more context, starting in verse 1 of chapter 16. All this I have told you so that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. Uh, Sidebar here on that verse, if you recall, Al Gore quoted this verse, John 16, 3, thinking he was quoting John 3, 16, and it was hilarious. Anyway, starting back in verse 4, I have told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you, but now I'm going to him who sent me. None of you ask me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I've said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he'll prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, about sin because people do not believe in me, about righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer, and about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, but more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. You know, and then right here at the end of this passage, just one more verse, but right before it, there's a title to this section. It says, the disciples' grief will turn to joy. In verse 16, Jesus went on to say, in a little while, you will see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. First, we see in this passage that joy is elusive because of suffering. Jesus was not ignorant of the toll that suffering, fear, and grief could have on our ability to have joy. Notice that Jesus says that now they are filled with grief, but joy is coming. Joy is not so elusive when it is placed in the joy to come that lasts forever rather than temporary joy 
fixed on circumstances. Second, joy is elusive because joy is hard to wait for. Suffering is painful and we want relief. There is a pressure while we long for God to bring us contentment, but perhaps while we think joy is so elusive, it could be found right in the middle of the waiting. It just depends what we fix our focus on. For instance, when we are undergoing persecution from others, maybe people just don't like you, we can focus on that misery or choose to focus on the fact that God will one day right every wrong. This gives me joy, even though we have to suffer temporarily on this earth. Third, joy is elusive because we try to fix our joyless state with temporary measures like entertaining ourselves or trying to find joy in the creation rather than in the creator. And that kind of joy fades when it's just in this world. When God wants us to see that joy is found in true contentment, trusting that God knows what we need. As Paul said in Philippians 4, 11 through 13, I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through Him who gives me strength. You see, Paul had a secret, but he shared the secret with us. Isn't that good news? contentment. This place of saying, I trust God no matter what happens. I can do this through Christ, not in our own strength. All things, even find joy in a joyless place is what we can do. Let yourself be content with your circumstances, not because of apathy, but because of surrender to God. Jesus reminded the disciples to not try to find joy in the wrong place. Kingdom living is joyful because as we walk in righteousness, the burden of sin, which is a real joy killer, dissipates. Romans 14 verse 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Next week, we will talk about where to find joy. We've seen hints of it in the first couple episodes this month, but joy is coming, friends. I can't wait. Can you? You've been listening to the Seeing Deep podcast where we dive into the Word of God for the answers to life's problems. (laughs) 